Yeah. We made it on here. We did. It was touch and go for a minute. Yeah, we're here. We're doing this. <laughs> we're fucking doing a podcast. We're we're holding ourselves to it. Fucking woke up at five in the morning with a goddamn splitting headache. Like uh, fucking crazy. I don't know what's going on with me with these fucking headaches. Yeah, it feels like it's been more like in the last year or something. This year. Mm-hmm. This year. Every time I'm like, fuck, he's dying. He has coronavirus. You're so good to me. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you'd be such a good mom. Well, I feel like I can be a good mom to you because I'm not a mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I might have a little less spaciousness to be a good mom or yeah. be a good partner you, if I was a mom. Maybe. You wouldn't be putting up with my bullshit at fucking five in the morning. I'd be like, if we, we had a kid. We call this self-soothing, Sean. You need to learn how to <laughs> massage your own temples. You just that you have a healing touch. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just for me, but it 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 works. Like you literally put your your hand on my head, and it starts to relieve, and you take it away, and it starts to come back. It's it's crazy. So I do think on some level it's emotional. I think that I'm like clenching my jaw while I sleep, even though I wear this mouth guard now. The headaches still fucking make it through, and oh my god, Cass! Like I just woke up at five in the morning with like. Boom, boom, type of headache tears flowing down i went out and i took some tylenol and i came back in and you just like woke up and helped me well yeah because i mean i know i mean touch i think is inherently healing so i know that i can help you and like i would be just the worst if i knew i could help you and then i didn't and then also i had a really bad headache that you helped me through you literally were like okay breathe in (laughs) breathe out and i was like just bawling yeah I don't know how you do it. Headaches are the fucking worst. You don't, yeah, you don't deal with them that often. And I, and like, you've had a life with not really dealing with headaches that often. Every time I have a headache, I'm like, I'm dying. Like, yeah. this is the end. My brain is breaking and apart and like, yeah, from the inside out. You know, part of it for me in battling these things is not taking Advil anymore because Advil would just fucking take care of it. And you're like, I don't know why. From something to know. do with coronavirus. We you were like, Advil just take again. Tylenol. But, uh, yeah, either way. Yeah, I mean, Advil got, or Tylenol got some, like, real good advertising with all this, like, Advil's bad for you in the first couple of days of coronavirus. I don't even know if it's true. I don't know what's true <gasps> with this thing. Like, it's so funny. I, now we're, like, in round two of coronavirus, and I'm like, I know nothing about what's going on. It's almost the opposite of round one. I know nothing about what's going on. I don't know how this thing is spread. I don't know who has it, where has it, are the numbers up, are they down? It feels like we're headed towards like another lockdown type of situation. I mean, totally. What what I really appreciate about you, though, is that even though you don't know what the fuck's going on, you're like, I'll just stay inside. Like, I won't put other people or myself at risk. I won't like, you know what I mean? You're not like, I don't know, this is just such a weird time where people think that everyone else is stupider or as stupid as they are. I mean, and I'm just going to say this myself, like, I'm not a particularly intelligent person. I, I'm emotionally intelligent. Yeah. I have a high emotional yeah. intelligence yeah. Uh, as far as, like, understanding how shit works. Like I was saying in the last podcast with Daniel, I was like, I don't get how a record player can work. That doesn't mean I don't believe it works. Right. You know, and that's, right. like, where we're heading to with, like, the vaccine. Like, just because you don't understand how a vaccine can work doesn't mean it doesn't work. Just because you don't understand... Um, I don't know. What are some of the basic conspiracies? Basically, because you can't understand. Flat Earth. Yeah, just because you can't understand, like, the concept of how big our world is and that it does need to connect and that it is uh, round and that we travel around the sun doesn't mean that the Earth is flat. And it's just just a funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm embracing being, like, a little less smart in a way that all the anti-vaxxers and all the conspiracy theorists have made me be like, I'll probably be one of the first people to take that vaccine when it comes out because the people who are saying that it's garbage or not to trust it, I'm like, I don't trust you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the thing is, I think that, sorry, I'm like going on a fucking rant. No, I, I think joint. this is good. I'm going to light this while, while I <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, what you can trust is that people that like follow the money, like people are trying to make money. Yeah. And they will make money at your expense. Mm-hmm. But luckily for them, there is a global pandemic which they can make money on by selling us this vaccine. That doesn't mean the vaccine doesn't work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Money money really does uh, fucking suck. 
it, it definitely, it like, it corrupts the best things in life. Getting educated, getting healthy, finding a lover, like all these things, sex, like it just corrupts across the board. It's yeah. like... Yeah, I mean, and also you got to be careful about sending out like curses like that, like that money corrupts and that then your relationship to money is all fucked up. And then you like push money away because you have this story Mm. in your head that money corrupts. I think power corrupts and money gives you power. Mm. Interesting. So I think it's like money inherently doesn't corrupt. Power corrupts. And so when you have power, your like money, your power is based on your money. Yeah. Like if people put a lot of power and faith in you because of your spiritual healer, whether or not they're giving you money, like there is a potential for corruption there. It's like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it always seems to lead there. <laughs> yeah. You could just basically trust that everyone else is like super fucked up yourself included. And like, I don't know, it's allowed me to live in this universe in a way that's like really at peace, you know, yeah. because I don't think anyone has the answers and I don't think anyone's like above making mistakes. And so I can just kind of like roll with it. Does that mm, make sense? It does. Try to keep that PMA. The positive mental attitude. Very important. Especially because um, money kind of, it, it turns us all into indentured dreamers. You mm. know? Like we really have no choice in it. You're born, like I'm just speaking to America. You're born in America, you're an indentured dreamer. Because the American dream is fucking bullshit. You ain't going nowhere. The idea of you... Uh, popping up a class is is next to fucking impossible it really is and that's what they fucking sell us on Mm -hmm. that if you work hard you can pop up a class you can get away from the fucking madness you can separate yourself from your class so uh yeah we're and and look at what they do to our education it's like a 200 fucking thousand dollar annie to get into this thing to get into the workforce to try to fucking make your go at it so you're already in the hole two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars before you even fucking start anything. And tell me we haven't seen that fucking not ruin our friends' lives, but control it. No, I mean it's starting to control ours. Like I'm like, fuck, we're like going into debt, man. Like <laughs> what the fuck? Like this wasn't meant to be us. Mm. Like we knew how to make money. Money We've was, done everything right. We did everything right. I mean, except be like total stoners, but um <laughs> uh yeah, it's like a crazy thing that uh our generation has now had like two huge setbacks, like financial crisis sort of things that probably like even one of those you can't really recover within a generation. No. So, um yeah, it's it's a weird time and I was actually thinking that I, like I woke up well, when we were talking this morning, I was like, is that, are you fucking stressed about money? Like what is like, yeah, the mouth guard helps you, but what is like the root stress that gets you to clench your jaw? That was really astute when you said that, when, when you were like, it's probably emotional. Can we like maybe talk about things you're worried about or angry about, or just, you know, things that you're quashing Repressing. down. Yeah. Yeah. That like need to find a way out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I guess I'd rather have it through headaches than some other medical calamity. But (sighs) definitely when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I think about my sister Caitlin all the time. Like, I have to keep that so repressed because it it just takes over my body. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about her right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, God, I hope she's okay. Like, I know she's in pain. I know she's in pain. Like, we go up to visit Caitlin and she has a black eye. And you're like, how'd you get that? She's like, I don't know. Yeah. She has fucking scratches and gashes and bruises and like her whole body is just like this fucking blueprint of like pain. Mm. It's crazy, you know, like she doesn't have tattoos, but she's got fucking scars all over her. She doesn't even know how she got them. My parents don't even know how she got them half the fucking time. So like thinking about that and thinking about what her life is, it's like, I'm so connected to her that, yeah, maybe it's manifest. Maybe my stress about Caitlin is manifesting in that way. Yeah. I like to think you're taking a little of that burden from her with your pain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We can do that for each other. Yeah. That's how connected we are. Not just me and Caitlin, everyone. Totally. I mean, that's why I think you think my heel touches heal you because I'm literally, I'm trying to heal you. Like yeah. when I touch you, I'm like. I know very little about Reiki, but the little I do know is like you picture like golden light coming in through your head and then out through your arm and into the other person. And I just like 
like kind of meditate on on healing you like and it and then realize that so much of this is like faith you know and faith healing That's what i was just gonna say because i have faith in you yeah i guess i have faith in myself too <laughs> you know like like i have a little faith in the tylenol i'm like this could help doesn't always when you touch me it always helps it's just like whew. it's like i have faith in you and i give your your touch permission to move this energy and it's cool yeah or at least it's like a distraction where yeah. you know you're like instead of thinking about the pain you're thinking about like my hand you know and mm-hmm. it kind of there's something to be said about distraction or like re, uh, like shifting focus and how valuable shifting focus can be yeah yeah i need to be distracted from these headaches I need to fill my life with, with things that aren't a headache. Yeah, we had a friend come over the other day who was going through a breakup. This a couple of weeks ago now, but she was saying, like, she did some Google, and the best way to get through a breakup is, like, to not think positive thoughts about someone, to actually kind of think negative thoughts about them. So it's almost the opposite of how I, how I would think yeah, that you would go about getting over somebody. And to distract yourself. Yeah, but, yeah, she was basically telling us, like, someone did fucking research on this. I don't know how. Uh, well, they but, had like, you know, a bunch of people have broken up and like they said, you think about the good things in your relationship. You think about the bad things in your relationship. You think about the bad things in the relationship and don't distract yourself. You think about the bad things in your relationship and you distract yourself. And the people who thought about the bad things in your relationship and distracted themselves did the best mm. with moving on. Yeah. Wow. So like that's to say it's like one of those things you don't want to be true, but like you kind of just have to allow like, look, a breakup can sometimes be bad. And you have to allow that person to not think the best thoughts of you. And you have to allow yourself to not, like, be a saint all the time. And Oh, oh, you're killing me. That's the worst part. That's the worst part is, like, when you know somebody is, like, harboring bad feelings for you in order to, so you can stay away from each other. And it's cool. You know you need to stay away from each other. But there's that little righteous part of you that's like, no. But I'm a good guy. I'm fucking good. I'm like a nice fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you have to think fucking nasty things about me? And then like when it clicks and you get it and you like, it's that, that's just, a, that's a tough one. It's a tough one to go through without letting your ego create a whole new pattern of stories about nastiness about that person. It's almost the opposite of PMA. God, we're such a perpetual loop of ego stories. But I think that you and I have gotten really good at catching ourselves and then trusting the other person will catch themselves Mm -hmm. you know i feel like i was thinking the other day that our relationship isn't for the faint of heart you know (laughs) (laughs) you know because like the things that we'll say to each other but it's it's always Mm. like when you need me i'm there for you like i'll be stroking your head when you're fucking having an ego flare-up i like like you know i don't you deal with it and same with me when i'm fucking really going through something you're there for me and you're breathing with me and you're helping me but when i'm like stressed about something that happened three days ago you're like Cass, stop you're fucking annoying and you're stressing me out (laughs) well we have different reactions to stress i I might get into more of a like come on we gotta fucking say the thing we gotta talk about this you know like you might like energetically more shut down you're like like, where are you (laughs) yeah i'm in three days ago man (laughs) yeah i'm I'm like what are you thinking about right now are you thinking about that podcast we put out three days ago you know or are you thinking about that weird interaction we had with that person i luckily have a one day cycle on the podcast where i think about it for one day i don't think about it at all you're lucky that's not to that's not to like uh praise myself or knock people or anything but like i think part of the reason i'm even able to do any art let alone podcasting because this is so personal is to really not give a damn what anyone thinks i just want to make a good experience for people so like i've it's like when i was a waitress like i would be so stressed like i forgot their fucking ketchup like it would haunt me you'd wake up in the middle of the night thinking about ketchup i would (laughs) it's so funny it's like some of the most what people would call menial jobs are the ones that have induced the most stress in me and that's where I'm, I've said this before in the podcast, and I'll say it again. There is no such thing as unskilled labor. That is, like, such a farce. It's such no. bullshit. No, working at the deli for five years is the fucking hardest job I've had. It was fun, and we made fun out of it. But um, it was, like, it was a lot of work, and, like, there would just be two or one per people working at this deli. You'd get a line out the door, and, like, each person is, like, 
you know, you go up and you're like, I hope they just need a pack of cigarettes or a lotto ticket or something because there's a line out the fucking door and there's no one here to help. They're like, can I have extra thin sliced ham? They're like, can I have ham and um, like a a half pound of boar's head ham, but like shave it, make sure it's really thin. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm busting out this ham and I come up to, to, you know, to give it to them to get to the next customer. And they're like, also a pound of turkey thin. And you're like, I'm about to fucking lose my mind. And so is everyone else in this fucking store. Yeah. And like, so you're, you're just dealing with so many fucking things. But that was definitely the hardest job I've had. I bet you entered flow though. Oh yeah. Where you're like, wait, where did the last eight hours go? Totally. That was kind of what was fun about it. It was like, just like a, it was like a punk rock deli. We were always playing like the descendants or screeching weasel or the vindictives or some, some fucking the dead boys, like far out fucking punk music that, uh, you know, only the, only the fucking workers there understood or liked, mm-hmm. but yeah, we had a lot of fun with it, but it was, um, not unskilled. You, you needed to have a lot of skills, but if you take it, if you're not nice to someone in, in that position, they'll uh, do some gnarly things to your sandwich. That's what I would think. Are you trying to get me to tell stories about know, fucking with people's food? <laughs> no, I would never. That's want fucking you to terrible. Do that. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> you would never do something like that. I have. I've. I've definitely been a part of it. I've definitely been a part of it. It's not something I uh, readily admit to anyone. But fuck it. Whatever. That was twenty years ago. <laughs> Literally, it was twenty years ago. I'm thirty nine. That was like when I was nineteen. So. <laughs> and they really deserved it. Yeah, yo, look, if I fucked with someone's food, they must have fucked with me in some real, <laughs> really You definitely way. never order food from someone that you fucked with. Like, that oh, is yeah. just a... Uh... I remember once I was working a shift with my cousin Jesse. We gotta have my cousin Jesse on here. I know, I know. He's legendary. My best friend, like my brother, we grew up together. Like, just, he's he's the fucking best. And uh, he worked at the deli before I did, so he got me in there and uh, went off to school. He went, he went off to, like, he stayed at school, and I, I commuted, so I worked at the deli all year round, and he would just work, like, on breaks or whatever. I remember he was back on one of the breaks, and this dude from our our hometown had been fucking with him up at college. And this dude had fucked with us back home, too, just been, like, a fucking prick. Like, oh, there's a party, everyone shows up, and he's like, you two can't come in here. Like, just being a fucking douchebag, like, in, in every way, making fun of us, like, just, just like, and, you know, we were just, we were just taking it all in, taking it all in. We used to have this thing called the five-year plan. It's like, I'm not, my, revenge is a, is a dish best served cold. <laughs> you're on the five-year plan, you're not going to expect it. So this motherfucker had been fucking with my homie, my, my best friend, my cousin Jesse up at school. And uh, we're sitting there working and it's like one in the morning and this fucking dude walks in there and orders a sandwich. And I was like, wow, this is, this guy does, he's, he's looking us in the eye. He sees the only two people that are working here are people that he's fucked with. And uh, I don't even fucking want to say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. So let the let imagination. No, I think the imagination will run a little wilder than what we actually did. No, I mean it's it's the worst thing that I could imagine. But yeah, Uh, I didn't do this, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I I I approved of it. We made him the sandwich normal. Everything was like it was like a roast beef sandwich. We fucking had some cheese on there. You know, whatever made made it good. But, but right before we put it on the bread, we just we took the, the bread, just wiped it around the inside of the toilet seat, put the sandwich in there, <laughs> sent him on his way. That's so disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that's like so disgusting that probably if he heard this today, could like literally make him puke. But oh, if I knew I ate something like that, I would fucking throw up right now. Yeah. But the thing is, like likelihood of you actually getting him sick or doing anything cruel like in that department is pretty like i think urine's pretty like it probably just had the little urine and dust and like, some shit shit can make you sick but not maybe not just a little yeah, bit yeah look I'm, this is not something i'm fucking proud of this is something uh when you're, i was your like, new man now yeah yeah it's weird You've i wasn't never... i wasn't a man back then i was like a boy i was operating fully from my ego fully like the the idea of like, like listening I'm... to the heart and respecting people in that way was, was just not a concept you're like uh <laughs> you're like i'm not invited to your party all right you can eat a shit sandwich oh dude 
I mean, yeah, he did worse things than that. I mean, but uh, yeah, the fucking the fact of the matter is, I can't even remember. You yeah. know, that's the great thing about revenge. Once you get it, it's like, okay, cool, moving on. You're like, we're straight. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to do anything else with this guy. I think we did do one more thing to him. Uh, he he showed up at the deli and he was fucking being an asshole to us and. We weren't working, so we're just like sitting outside. And when he was inside, we just took a fucking piece of dog shit and put it under his uh, door handle. Oh. <laughs> he knew that was you, though, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know. He yeah. never confronted us. You got lost. Oh, my God. You have so many good stories. I like, I kind of want a deli story, another deli story. Did you already tell the story about how your friend um, lost their car? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was great. Because we we were, like I'm saying, we worked at the deli. Like, I was, me and Jesse and my sister all worked there. We were the most with it people by far. Yeah, you were like the manager of the deli. I was the manager, but then Megan became the manager, and like Jesse had been working there for years. Like, we cared about that place. And you guys, like, I would trust you guys to make my sandwich. I don't mean, I don't know. Oh, we made the best fucking sandwiches. Yeah, you guys. Like, people would come in, and and, like, if one of us three wasn't working, they would just be like, I'll wait till later, Mm -hmm. you know, to order stuff. But, um, we just had a ragtag crew of punk rockers and this was when I first started drinking and we would drink uh, across the street from my parents' house, which is down the road from the deli. We'd be up in this cemetery and, uh, you know, so everyone would drive over and we'd we'd park at my house, you know, have a couple beers up at the cemetery, get fucking hammered up there to tell you the truth and then go back to my house and like party in the basement and we're up there at the cemetery and we're hanging out and a couple of couple of our friends are like, hey, we're going to run up to the deli and grab some more beers. So they go up to the deli to grab some more beers. And when they get there, our buddy Jordan, uh, who was parked at, at my parents' house, thinks that he had left his car at the deli and uh, was like, it must have been stolen. Not only has it, it must have been stolen, I know who did it. So this motherfucker calls the cops. Cops come over. And they're like, what's the deal? And he's like, my car was stolen from outside the deli. And uh, I know who did it. And he just names the fucking drug dealer of our town. <laughs> I'm like, it, it just this is so insane now that I'm thinking about this. This happened 20 years ago. He fucking, he points the finger at the drug dealer of our town. So they immediately are questioning him. They're pulling him in. They're fucking, and, and this guy had nothing to do with anything. He literally just forgot his car was at my house. But he's like, you're a bad guy. <laughs> he, he's like, I know who did it. I know why they did the it. The thing is the truth. If, 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 if he did steal my car, I would not be calling the cops because I'd be scared of, a, you know, that revenge dish. Or, or, or you fucking, or you call the cops. You report it stolen. You say, I have no idea. I'm not fucking here to solve this crime. My car is gone. Yeah. So we're just fucking sitting up in the cemetery, still getting drunk, the rest of us. And all of a sudden the cops pull up. And like when normally when that happens, we're scattering into the woods, but they just came out of nowhere and they're like, hold on, hold on. And they're like, uh, where's, where's fucking, um, your friend Jordan, where's the car? Like all this stuff, like all these questions. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you're like, and, and the cops are like, look, your friend Jordan's car was stolen. And when we questioned him about it, and uh, he said that we don't understand his punk rock culture and the cops are <laughs> laughing about this. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, no, his car is at my parents' house. It's right down there. So they came down and they checked it out and it all checked out. And they just like were laughing their asses off and just kind of moved on with their life. And uh, I'll never forget it fucking ended up in the newspaper, the like the police blotter the uh-huh. next couple of days afterwards. And we made a million photocopies of, of that. And we blew it up and we fucking put it all over town anywhere where he would be. There'd be one of those hanging there. I still have a ton of them. Oh, man, I'd have to see that. Yeah. It was was just hilarious saying the cops coming to us and telling us how he was telling the cops that they don't understand his punk rock culture. And the cops are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, that was a... That was that was a fucking funny one. My punk rock culture of forget, dude, where's my car? <laughs> Literally, yeah. I mean, this was before I smoked pot, but he did. So I think that combination of fucking being wasted on 40s and smoking a joint, like he was just fucking spun out, twisted up and paranoid and fucking. Yeah. Yeah. He was so scared for months afterwards. He was so scared. Yeah, I would definitely feel like I had a target on my back after that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to have a target on your back in a small town. 
Yeah, by the like the local bad boy. Oh yeah, no, and this would happen to our group of friends all the time. It would there would be some incident that went down at a show or at the deli or at the the bar Popeyes or whatever. And all of a sudden, there's like a new small town rivalry rivalry going on where this fucking this fucking tree trimmer dude that's like six foot seven and huge wants to kick the shit out of one of us, and like we have to watch our backs everywhere we go, and like it's just like fucking utterly ridiculous. That same kid, Jordan, who reported his car stolen. This is an even better one. He reported his car stolen, and then that whole thing with the police blotter, or whatever. He did an even fucking funnier one. We were, like, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I went on, like, a little mini crime spree of going to Blockbusters and renting a whole bunch of shit under, like, a, a fake Blockbuster card and then just Dugan never Nash. returning it. Dugan Nash. Was no, it Dugan I, Nash? No, I used, <laughs> I used the name Tony Simos, which is from uh, the Jerky Boys. Oh, okay. And so it just said Tony Simos on this thing, and I would just go in and rent a whole bunch of fucking... Like, it was it was how I got my DVD collection. I yeah. would just rent a bunch of things and never return them, like, three, four things at a time. So we're doing this at a Blockbuster, and, and Jordan's with me, and, like, there's nothing... You're not going to get caught doing this. This isn't something that they're going to catch you doing. This motherfucker decides... I'm going to smash a stink bomb in there while you're doing this. So I'm literally checking out and he takes a stink bomb out of his pocket, throws it on the floor. It makes a huge sound of glass shattering and the whole place starts stinking and they just grab him right, right away. The employees of the store just like fucking grab him, and they're like, we're calling the cops and they call the cops and the cops are over and Jordan just takes off. He leaves, he runs out and he just runs into the woods so we're kind of all stuck there because we gave him a ride and we're not close to home. We're in some far off other blockbuster in some other <laughs> town. And this motherfucker just hid in the woods. And the cops came up to us and they were like, uh, what's his name? And we're like, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we don't know. You know, and the cops were just so mad at us because we weren't get- we had nothing like they couldn't nail us on anything and we just weren't giving them information. We're just standing in a parking lot. Like we don't know. We don't really know him that well. Like we don't know his name. We don't know anything like that. <laughs> and the cops just were busting our fucking balls. And finally our friend Mike was like, he works with us at the deli lose. So they call lose and they figure out who he is. Call his parents. Fucking his parents are down there. The cops, everyone's looking through the woods for this fucking kid. Like, oh uh, this is, like, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. You meanwhile, if he, like, what could the cops even done? Like, give him a ticket for, like... They did. They found him, they pulled him out, and they gave him... Uh, it was more than a ticket. He was arrested and charged with misdemeanor um, possession of a noxious substance. <laughs> <laughs> for stinking up the place. Yeah. It just was fucking... It made us look terrible because, like, Jesse and I operated on, like... A, a more tasteful level of fucking with people like we oh, yeah. love stink bombs yeah jesse like just lets them fall out he has a cuts a hole in his you, pocket you cut a hole in your pocket you let it fall down it falls down onto your shoe you let it onto the floor you stomp it and you walk away like it barely makes a sound you barely... nobody would have ever known that jesse and i were the ones doing stink bombs because we weren't looking for attention we just wanted to see the madness unfold afterwards mm-hmm. it was fucking great man i still have stink bombs Wow. I feel like nowadays, though, you get caught with one of those motherfuckers, like, uh, charging you with fucking terrorism or some shit, you know? Yeah, right. You don't want to stink up a place the way we could 20 years ago. Yeah, no, definitely not. This is funny. We took a little detour. I didn't even think that we were going to talk about that stuff. You made me. I don't know. <laughs> you got to make me, you got to redeem me now and make me talk about something fucking that I've done good. <laughs> No, it's true. You are you're a fucking different person now. I was having fun. Yeah. I, you know, I was one of the boys. There's a different ways of having fun now, is all. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, um, I know it all sounds very crude. We we were really creative. We were really creative. <laughs> you know, we were always having fun. We were always coming up with like new ways to make each other laugh and keep each other entertained. And like, it became like a passion of ours that helped get us through those years. Cause those are, those were tough years in my life personally, but they're tough years in anyone's life. That'd be a good, you know how you said you wanted to write a movie about your dad's life. I feel like you could write a movie about your upbringing at the deli and it could just be like deli boys. Cause it's like three scenes or three or four locations. It's like the, uh, the inside of the deli, the outside of the deli, the inside <laughs> of the deli, the outside of the deli, your parents' house and the cemetery. Yeah. Like you could make a crazy, um, it's like, uh, the movie clerks. Uh, yeah, you know, that's kind of what our life felt like. 
Yeah. Like Clerks. Yeah. Great fucking movie. Oh, man. I want to make a movie. I'm like, I feel like I have blue That's balls what we or do. something. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I know we make movies, but like it feels like it's been a minute and I just like, I kind of want to make a narrative. Like I love making documentaries. I know we're going to keep doing it, but there's part of me that like thinks it'd be really fun to see what you do in that um, genre. Yeah. I, th- I feel like for us, um, making movies is like, it's like tending the fire. Mm. It's like, it's like throwing another log on the fire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, and it's been a minute and, and we do need to throw another log on the fire. That's what this podcast is. It's like, we're just like keeping a, a fire going. Mm-hmm. That's what our, that's what our community is. That's what Patreon or, uh, sorry, Discord is the Discord. Yeah. Is. It's like, you know, you tend the fire, you got to tend to the fire within, before you tend to the community fire but it's it's there but it's like there and then it's like yo you're you haven't you haven't checked in in like a few months because it's not really your scene you're on some you're busy whatever and then you like come and then there's like people like holding space like not just us like i think i feel like already we've been doing this for a couple months now there's like a rotating cast of people who are more present at different times on the discord yeah and it's like that's that's because okay at this time like you have more spaciousness for this sort of thing and then you just like sit by the digital fire and talk about a song or share a video or something or share art and that's what's becoming so important right now is like these digital connections like as much as it feels like you want to say like, oh, digital connections can't compare to the real connections. It, it like we have no other choice right now. Mm. So you might as well make the most of your digital connections and have them be as like intimate and honest and real as possible. And yeah. I think that's where social media could get kind of weird is because you're trying to like put something that's maybe not as like the best of you, which I think is fine. I try, when I hang out with people, I try to put the best of me forward. You know, that's why you don't want to hang out with the same person every day. You're like, if you hang out with me every day, you're not going to see the best of me. You know, <laughs> we hang out every day and you not, don't always see the best of me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Thank God. Um, oh, sorry. that in the rise of, uh, Ashed. of coronavirus and this pandemic that it's like, it's happening to us in the age of where, where we can be connected digitally. I think otherwise right. it'd be even harder to abide by these rules or behave properly. Or it's been, I mean, honestly, we didn't b- abide by the rules for a lot of, because the rules are like, you can kind of, with common sense, make your own rules of like, all right, we're hanging out outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everyone pretty much is hanging out outside. So it's, it's like safer, but this is such a time for, um, you know, I thought like, okay, so I've been off Instagram. I've been off Instagram, like going on there once a week or so. It's been really positive. It's for been me. part of your sobriety. Yeah, and I'm keeping it going because it's been great. Um, but I thought, like, I thought it would like immediately lead to me painting, and mm. I realized, like, I cleared space, but I didn't know what I was clearing space for. And like, I've you know fixed our website. I fucking we've been writing and making decks. You know, it's like sometimes you know something's taking up not like too much space in your life, and you want to do something else with that time. But the truth is, like your life kind of decides that for you Mm. and that's why it's so important to make space and then not judge how you use that space and just and then if that you don't use it in a good way then you make space from that and you just kind of like at least that's what i'm finding yeah yeah it's like a (laughs) whack-a-mole yeah kind of but it's also like practicing um forgiveness i think that's a a big part of life I've, i've been thinking a lot about like what is life the fuck is this thing yeah like what the fuck is this thing and and to me like it honestly the only way i can wrap my head around it just this is just from my experience it doesn't have to apply to everyone is that the meaning of life is to make meaning of life Mm. that it seems to be about community connection forgiveness flow that's what it seems to be about and one of the best ways you can kind of tend to your own fire is to fill your life with things you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say we're indentured dreamers when we're in service to money. Because mm. I think that's something that anyone can take a long, hard look at their life and say, how much of my life is devoted to money? How much of my life is devoted to paying down debts or saving for the future or, or making myself comfortable or shrouding my life in the material things that make me feel alive like 
like really questioning to the core how uh, what role is money playing in my life and mm -hmm. how to change your relationship with that and how to make it more healthy and more positive and looking at money as an energy um but it does seem to be about love and community and connection and all the other stuff seems to be the distractions from that yeah so we tend the fire by having passions by making art mm. by building community which is all community is is just connection there is no one community we're we're the community right now you and i right here this is our little community mm -hmm. you know <laughs> and there's bigger ones we're part of and there's smaller ones we're part of and yeah there's pop-up communities that happen there's long-term ones yeah yeah and the best way to serve your community to me i don't know maybe i'm just trying to connect ideas but it's like i've been thinking a lot like you're saying forgiveness i'm like my life has completely been taken over by an awareness of impermanence yeah you know it's right. like that's healthy i think that's a good thing it might feel a little shocking no it's the best thing and that's yeah. you know that's what the psychoactive experiences have really instilled in me is that like it's we're on a ride baby like everything yeah. is changing yeah don't get too happy. Not don't get too happy. But don't <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the message. Don't get too happy. <laughs> but I mean, don't get too attached to your happiness. Don't get too attached to your sadness. Like we're rolling with it. Don't and get too attached to loss. Don't get too attached to gain. lack of <laughs> loss in your life, you know, because <laughs> well, it's that, coming. But that's, that's where I feel like the, the strongest community I have and the strongest relationships I have are when, damn, we're ashing all over the place today, is when, um, when two people or more can come into a room and recognize like we are sharing a moment that is impermanent so we don't need to judge it because like when something is like embraced as impermanent then you kind of can release any judgments around it because a lot of judgments can happen because of resistance oh well i don't want this person to talk to me like this or look at me like this it's like okay well they're looking at you like this like right now but like that's not gonna color the rest of your future with this person mm. if you don't let it you know mm. what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Is that, you know, seemed like you wanted to say something. No, I th I'm, I'm impressed. That's pretty good. Like embracing the impermanence in every moment is like uh, embracing death. Mm -hmm. And it's going to help you flow more because yeah. you're not going to get too attached. You're not going to be like fucking nails on a chalkboard going through your reality tunnel trying to fucking slow it down or cling to things. Like it's you're just going to find yourself flowing with the whole thing that's why our biggest ally is music because oh yeah music reminds you or if if you listen to music the right way i'll say that not the right <laughs> way but you know, what's the right way uh, lifting your feet up and letting it take you yeah yeah, um, yeah like yeah. the right way to listen to music is by surrendering to the music mm. you know mm. and allowing for it to kind of take you on the journey of the ride or the emotional things that tug that it tugs out of you or you know the surprises if you're listening to zappa or you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah totally uh, you know the dead is like the most soothing music ever yeah and zappa's kind of got the other end of the spectrum held down is zappa his own genre yeah yeah i think there's um there's only a few artists that can really say that who are the other ones think ween yeah um i think the dead could stay the genre is called like brown yeah brown town or yeah something. just just fucking brown music um but yeah th there's only th there's only um a few artists that are bold a few musicians that we know about that are bold enough to not find the thing that people like and keep trying to do the thing yeah right you know and and it feels like like zappa was the perfect kind of asshole Mm -hmm. that was going to fuck with you and fuck with your expectations all the time. And um, we just watched the, the, the movie about him, the new documentary about him, which I recommend. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And a lot of people thought he was an asshole. A lot of he people. He is an did. asshole. He, he yeah. was an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, I like assholes. And, but like, I thought it was really interesting that like everyone that ever played with him was like, this guy could have written hit songs every day of his life all he did was was write music that's all he was ever doing like literally writing music and he had the capability and the ear to write hit songs that yeah. will just there's like fucking you. three minute chunks of his songs that you're like 
don't put the beginning or the end and you have a hit yeah <laughs> yeah know? totally it's like why did you need to do all that fucking cracked out freak shit you yeah know? yesterday yesterday you you wrote all day you were doing a deck and um <laughs> and you're like i was like needed you to help me finish it because i was doing the visual components and I'll, you're like i just need to chill out for a second and you throw in a zappa album and i'm like this is how you chill out this is like this is like grading almost you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like where i'm like oh god like i was having the most relaxing day and then all of a sudden it's like oh my god yeah, yeah. we went from listening to no music all day which is like we're sitting in silence just like typing and then i was like I, I wrote six pitches yesterday yeah like i wrote six different film ideas i've learned about you is that because like i want to like of course like my job as a producer is like partly to make you produce shit yeah <laughs> not necessarily produce shit myself but to make you produce shit yeah you're like the the doula for my ideas and the truth is like i can't make you do anything except like try to create a garden in which you want to sit down and write and when you do, it's so powerful and beautiful and that. honestly prolific. So, yeah, but my brain was fucking fried. That's maybe yeah. why I got a headache too. Like just to to sit down in front of a blank word document and be like, I need to write these six pitches by the end of the day, and and get them out, um, which are really cool. We're writing uh, ideas for. Uh, a network is doing like you know how ESPN did those thirty for thirty documentaries and they were they were all they were pretty good you know they they did like thirty documentaries of, of, about all the years whatever for sports mm -hmm. basically a network is doing that for music and we got approached to uh, to submit some ideas for it and of course like we have a ridiculous amount of ideas if there's one thing I'm fluent in it's like rock and roll and stories and you know the mythology behind a lot of these records and shows and artists so to sit down at the beginning of the day and be like i'm gonna do this all day i'm gonna do this until i can't do it anymore pop all those out and it was just like a nice day i felt so accomplished but my my brain was fucking fried and i was like i just gotta relax you were trying to get me to fucking do something else right away and i was like i just I was gotta like, come look at the pictures that i'm putting uh, with like, this no, yeah, so <laughs> i was like i need to fucking relax and i threw on uh, this Zappa album called Studio Tan, <laughs> and you never know with him, like if like cause I hadn't heard that record, if it's gonna if it's gonna come on and you're gonna be like, oh god, this is the most soothing, jazzy, nice, healing music I've ever heard. This is angelic, or you're gonna get like that, like and it was mostly that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I can't believe I just fucking threw this. You threw this on to fucking relax right now, but yeah, that's what my uh, that's what my punk rock hardcore upbringing trained my ear my punk rock culture trained my ear man yeah totally you know, i can handle the hard shit well and i also want to update people that we did have a really good meeting with netflix when we talked about our project about homelessness can't go home um and we felt your prayers and good vibes and that f it felt like a really good meeting whether or not it happens or not it's happening Hell yeah. And then this timeline or another. So thanks for us and some love on that shit. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. It's kind of like new territory, like shouting out an idea that is like we haven't started to make yet and being like, yo, we need some help in the cosmic realm to get the resources for this. Well, I felt it because we did really good in the meeting, whether or not like it's just like, you know, when you're on in a meeting and you got the, you got the goods mm. and you say the good things. You know when I'm on in a meeting or any kind of pitch or anything like that? Because I don't get nervous. It's weird. Yeah. It should be like the thing that makes me nervous. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh I don't know. I'm talking to this high up executive. Like I was saying before, I don't give a fuck what they think. No, I know. Sometimes I it makes me cringe. I don't give a fuck. You say the weirdest fuck. shit sometimes or like the like the most blunt Oh or, yeah. yeah, no. I'll or, like you try to like poke at people. Or I'll whatever. sit there and tell them they suck. I'll yeah, tell them everything like, oh. they've ever done sucks. You know, oh. and you know, but like the funny thing is, you cringe. They love it. They love it, but like, they and they remember it. you. But sometimes they're like, "But he's too difficult to work with." <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I've never really worked with anyone. I, that's how precious the films are to me. It's like they don't belong to anybody else. Like those are ours. Like I, know, I don't so, care. So you you want to give us the money to make them? That's fine. But I'm, they're ours. Like I'm doing whatever I want with this fucking thing. I'll, I'm gonna release it for free, even if you paid for it, motherfucker. I know. So even when we're hustling to try to get someone to give us money, we're like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
Well, did you see how that worked out for Belushi? Who? Jim, uh, John Belushi? Yeah, we were watching that doc the other day. Also recommend that one. I re- I recommend that even more than the Zabba doc. Yeah, that was that was on some weird pro- that was on like stars or something we have because of your mom, but the Zappa doc, the true Zappa doc is his records. Fucking just go through start at the beginning with Mothers of Invention and just go through and start listening. We just got my favorite album today. Pull it out, pull it over. I love just having this in here. I love it. This is, I think, our eighth Zappa record we have. Uh-huh. Yeah. You my, are what you is. My favorite song is Heavenly Bank Account. Yeah. Which I highly recommend. Of course, the beginning of the song is the last song, and the end of the song is the next song, and then, you know, he has to fuck with you. It's very spazzed out. But yeah, the, the best way to learn about Zappa is to just, I mean, look, I'm, I didn't know anything about him before quarantine. Yeah. And I was just like, let's just now sit you're down. telling other people about Zappa. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's a steep barrier to entry. But um, if you just start at the beginning and you put a little faith in this motherfucker, because he is one of the most brilliant American composers there's been, put a little faith in this motherfucker, listen to his records from, you know, just listen to them all. <laughs> God. Just listen to them all. You'll find the songs that resonate with you. And when they do, the other songs that didn't will start to. Right. It's that, kind of crazy. That's kind of like Ween. Kind yeah. It's kind of like, Ween's a lot more accessible you're, than Frank Zappa. Can we do something like bragging right now? Sure. You're in the zero point zero zero five percent of Ween listeners. I, I think am. that's worth a brag. I am honestly. Uh yeah, I do. I did, and I do a lot of listening to Ween on Spotify. Yeah. Spotify keeps track of those kind of things. A lot of our music listening is outside of Spotify, most of it. Yeah. It's us listening to the dead on the archive or these records or YouTube rabbit holes or whatever or full concerts. Um, but I do listen to Ween on Spotify and I fucking listen to a lot of it apparently. I would like to see somebody beat that number. Yeah, right. Um, Shout out to everyone who listens to this podcast on Spotify and we're in your top fucking charts. That was really fucking cool and honoring to see. Yeah, what the fuck, yo? I had no idea. Yesterday, I just like woke up to like all these people tagging us. I totally forgot that Spotify even does that. That yeah. like it tells you, uh, you know, what your favorite shit is. So all these people were tagging us. It's like melted my heart that we're that uh, people have spent the amount of time with us that they have, and that like they're so loyal and consistent. And they keep coming back and. Because we do. We're yeah. like, we'll keep coming back too. <laughs> Talk about tending the fire. That I mean, that was like throwing a pile of fucking logs. Like yesterday, like seeing all these people that were their fucking top thing or in their top five and like all these other talented people are in their top five. I'm like, That's that, like- that like made this little fire that was just kindling into like a bonfire. I was like, fuck yeah. It just like put some wind in my cells. It allows you to wake up with a fucking... S- painful headache and still be like let's do one yeah yeah tell some deli boy stories it's kind of like all i can do (laughs) that's what you got to offer i'm like i could tell like you're you have the high frequency covered i got the low frequency covered today (laughs) but um that was very flattering thanks for listening to us on spotify but to tell you the truth the party's on youtube i I, like i'm surprised we even registered on people's top things because we started putting this show on youtube and I don't know. To me, that's more fun. That's how we get podcasts. We only really watch podcasts. Because we like to watch podcasts. So yeah. We do it for ourselves and for anyone who else is like us. I want more people to start watching it on YouTube because like, I think it could change the dynamic of the show. I think we could even slow it down even more and have like, you know, like if we do swaths of time with, with when, where there's no talking. You're just kind of like just with us. Yeah, ultimately, I would love to do like live, more like engaging engaged podcasts of some maybe that's not a podcast maybe it has a whole different thing yeah but we got we're getting new cameras which are basically just new phones so it's just gonna keep looking better totally yeah but it sounds great so it sounds fucking wonderful these were the best investment ever these fucking dopey headsets i don't give a fuck if they're dopey Uh, you know if someone thinks if someone thinks they're looking at this and they think those are dopey you're jealous you're just jealous. I tried. I ordered labs, and I, I was like, "Come on, Sean! Like we lavalier have to mics. They like, one those little ones you see on like a talk show." Yeah, I ordered them because I was like, "We need to just step this up a notch," and they sounded like shit. Yeah, I ordered like a decent one too. 
you don't want to have to project your voice on a podcast. To me, you want to have the mic nice and close. You want to be able to hear the nuance in people's voice. You know, you don't want it to pick up a lot of the room. The mm-hmm. room doesn't fucking matter. Right. Yeah. There's some cases where you do want a little more room sound in, but this isn't one of them. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want to try to create a space for, uh, for intimacy. Mm. That reminds me, the one thing that I intimately wanted to ask you about. <laughs> Man, we're fucking, we're down nine different rabbit holes right now. Talk to me. Well, I just kind of wanted to bring it full circle. Okay, bring it full circle. That would help me. That would help my OCD. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the full circle is, I, like, we kind of joked about PMA. Yeah. And your punk rock roots. Yeah. But, like, I, all I know is, like, that comes from the bad brains. That's all I know. Yeah. What is that like? What they positive st- mental attitude. So they just started this thing. Yeah, the bad brains uh, were pioneers of all fucking pioneers. Yeah. Four black dudes from D.C. Uh, that played the hardest, fast. They they invented hardcore music. Mm-hmm. They played harder and faster than anyone, and um, like brought in melodic elements, which is something a lot of other hardcore bands didn't bother with. And they have all these fucking reggae jam outs and like, uh, I don't know what they brought to the scene was the idea of PMA, the idea of taking care of yourself, you know, eating vegan. They were plant-based. These these motherfuckers started in, I think, 1978. OG. OG. Yeah, man. Such influencers. Such influencers. They've influenced me. I don't barely even know them. But like PMA, once I heard that, I was like, now that's something I can get behind. Devote your life to it. Devote your life to it. Keep a positive mental attitude. Because, um, uh, you know, gardens will grow. Gardens will grow. Yeah. So what kind of seeds are you planting? Yeah. They are growing. And they are going to fucking bear fruit, whether we fucking like it or not. So, you know, I, I think that's part of what our community tries to do. Noah speaks really well to it. Noah Lampert from Synchronicity Podcast. I was thinking about him this morning. I was like, Noah is like being with a drug. Like listening to his podcast is like, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, I'm on acid. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. like takes all of like the like lessons. Yeah, it's crazy because he barely even takes drugs. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's 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 um. Yeah, he's fucking dad vibes now. Sometimes. Yeah. So. But but he's tapped into. So tapped in. And and why he was such a potent reminder because you and I try to live our life like this and we have for a long time. We've seen Noah go through like a shapeshifter, a, a million different uh, passions and personalities since we've known him, truly. And this latest one, when he started talking about the Neville Goddard stuff and um, imagination. imagination and all this stuff, at first I was like, yo, this guy has some used car salesman ter- energy <laughs> to it. You know what I mean? I'm like, what are you trying to sell me on or whatever? <laughs> like it makes sense to me intellectually, but it wasn't until I really saw it work in his life that I was like, oh, yeah, let's get back to our roots. Let's fucking, let, let's plant good seeds. Let's tell good stories. L- let's, let's make sure to keep it PMA. Yeah. Keep it fucking PMA for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, because. Because we were seeing it happen in his life. And it, I'm like so attracted to it. I'm like, yo, Noah's like my favorite person. Like someone who you can reliably count on to be positive and not stressed and not worried i feel like when we first knew noah like he'd be one of those guys that i'd be like noah's coming over and you'd be like cool i'm gonna be back in the bedroom like half the time i hope you don't mind like doing my own thing like you know sometimes we have to do that we share a small apartment but it's like you know now it's like we're going up to see him tomorrow we drive motherfucking two and a half hours to see this asshole (laughs) (laughs) i love him yeah. I always have loved him. Don't, I don't even think it was like that. No, no, no. But I think that our deep appreciation came when uh, he realized he's a magician. Yeah, and he and, just reminds and, everyone that he talks to that he's one and that you're one too. And yeah. it's like such uh, important things to remind each other of is how powerful we are and how it's all cool. You know, that was like one of my biggest lessons that I got yeah. early on was like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's so all many... Good. Um, there's so much bullshit in like the world of of spirituality or whatever. There's mm. so much bullshit. There's so many grifters. Mm. So many people that are like after you for something. It's just like it's fucking gross. So it's it's refreshing when you see people 
I think I think we're in this category. Noah's in this category for sure. A lot of our friends remain like people who are real. They're just mm. real. They're not trying to fucking pretend to be anything, you know. They're yeah, Gabriel's real as hell. Gabriel, okay. Daniel, like they're just real. Yeah. You know, if if things aren't good, that's fine. If things are great, great. But like, no one's fucking trying to sell you on anything or pretend to sell you on any yeah anything or like pretend to be anyone. And it's so refreshing because mm-hmm. um, Gabriel's like a drug. Daniel's yeah. like a drug. Noah's like a drug. All these people, Mare. Yeah. Yeah, they like affect us like drugs. Totally. Without having to take the drugs. Yeah. Well, once you've taken the drug enough, you know it's kind of always with you. Yeah. You know, not in a way that's like should be scary, but in a way that's positive. You know. I get around like like Josh Craig comes over, and I feel fucking high and invincible. Yeah. It's crazy. We bring out this like thing in each other. DMT entity vibes. Yeah, I mean, and and we smoke DMT, but it's not all about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> He's definitely my go-to. Like, f- let's fucking smoke DMT let's together. Let's fucking pil- load up the changa pipe, man. Yeah, man. Let's fucking freak out. Yeah, let's meet some entities. You know, let's make the soundtrack to the realm right now. Yeah, which he's reliably reliably done. Mm. This has been really great. You are you? We're cutting it off. How? how I'm not cutting it off. I just feel like it's getting a little. No, it's dark perfect. It is. It's probably getting really dark. Probably pushing the limits. Of well, what's can possible. I just wrap up a couple things? That yeah, please. I wanted to say, um, the Zappa Doc is good. Check it out. <laughs> really listen to his records. So. The John Belushi Doc, that's on Showtime. Or stars something weird. It's on Showtime. Oh, okay, good. Um, is great. It's great. Loved it. The, uh, John Belushi from Animal House from Saturday Night Live back in the day. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. I mean, fucking total legend. Um, great documentary about him out there right now. And uh, we have uh, Patreon. Thought it would be really cool for people to fucking join. Yeah, because if you support our Patreon, we put out a radio show. I think we like starting to put out like six a month, but we'll do at least four, uh, which are uh, music shows that Sean puts together, which we listen to live. And then maybe one day we'll play it live and we can listen to it all together live. But I think it's just been so cool to feel because they're kind of like um they feel like they're like vibe holders or like they hypnotize you. Not in a way that's like malicious, but in a way that kind of just like oh, we're all getting on a similar page. We're all taking a similar journey together. And when you listen to it, it is a journey. And you can, it, like, paint or draw or write. It's kind of it. like when you touch me when I have a headache. Yeah. You know, I'm putting yeah. my faith in that that's going to soothe me. So it does. And I think we could do the same thing with Church of Chill because that's what we're doing. Like, you and I love the excuse to put these headphones on and listen to music, like, really loud mm-hmm. and go into territory that maybe we didn't know about before. Yeah, you definitely take me on a ride every time. So we we fun. put our faith in that thing, and I can feel people's energy. I can feel uh, people throwing logs on that fire all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not ours. It's not ours at all. I mean, it's literally not ours. It's, like, people's music that they've created, and yeah. we're, like, repurposing and saying, like, this is a creating a different vibe fire, and it's yeah. just, like, we're all just building little fires yeah so that show's really fun i'm i'm loving doing these all vinyl episodes yeah i think there'll be a lot more of those there'll be a lot more of those we have some really cool uh guest i guess djs i don't want to call them djs uh guest priests mm-hmm. you know gonna be rolling through playing some songs for us that'll be fun we have some dope podcasts coming up finishing out the year strong yeah and then our Get on the Patreon so you can also then join the Discord and start be part of that community. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. And when you can pay any amount and you get uh, access to the Church of Chill radio show and our Discord community, which is incredible. I can't say enough nice things about it. And what's going on in there is total magic. Yeah. Um, and we're doing a smoke sesh. If you're seeing this, I don't know when we're going to put this out. We'll probably put it out tomorrow or today. Yeah. But on Sunday, December 6th, we're doing our first uh, Church of Chill smoke sesh on Zoom. So we can hang out digitally and make these digital connections more intimate. Yeah, I, like I want to I see people's faces. I know. I like I want to like, yeah, like, I, I, oh, I hate going by fucking screen names. Like I want to understand who people are. 
and I want to connect with people more. And uh, yeah, that's what we're devoting our life to because that's what tends this fire and grows this fire. Yeah, and if you fucking already are on there, thank you so much. Like, <laughs> I just can't even. It's there's it's so humbling. Yeah, because it makes us just feel like this is a worthwhile thing to do, and that's the coolest part about it for us. So. Let's keep building stuff together. Yeah. Amen. Aho. I. Whoop whoop. Peace and love. love. <laughs> I did it the same time as you. Fucking start to have a coordinated hand fucking closing. Cool. Cutting.